You're listening to the Eyes on Conservation podcast, episode 49. Welcome to the Eyes on Conservation podcast, where we bring you engaging conversations about wildlife conservation from all across the globe. I'm your host, Matt Podolsky. Our guest on today's show is ultra marathon runner Nikki Kimball. This marks the very first professional athlete interview that we've had as a part of the podcast, and I think you're really going to enjoy hearing about the deep connections that exist between the sport of distance running and natural resource conservation. Our interview with Nikki will be focused on her recent attempt to set the time record for completing the entire long trail. This is the long-distance hiking trail in Vermont that is the subject of this month's Eyes on Conservation film, On the Trail. In 2012, Nikki set out to run the entire length of this 273-mile-long trail, which climbs virtually every major peak in the state of Vermont. She was hoping to break the men's record for completing the trail, which was four days and 12 hours, roughly. So just to put this into comparison, it took me about three weeks to complete the entire long trail, and I thought I was making good time. Nikki's attempt to set this record on the long trail was documented in the film Finding Traction, which you can check out at findingtractionfilm.com. The film takes viewers through each stage of Nikki's adventure on the long trail, sharing a really unique perspective on what it takes to complete a trail like this in record time. If you haven't seen the film yet, I would strongly encourage you to check it out. It's available to view uh, in its entirety online. All right, I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Let's jump into this interview with Nikki Kimball. All right, I'm here with Nikki Kimball, who is a distance runner who specializes in the ultra marathon. Uh, how are you doing today, Nikki? I'm doing very well. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show today. Um, we have you on the show because you are this very accomplished ultra marathon runner, and you did this run of the long trail um, a couple of years back. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to delve into that. I mean, that, that'll sort of be the focus of our conversation. But I, I wanted to just kind of start things off by asking you how you first became interested in uh, distance running and competing in ultra marathons. Well, it actually, you know, it links back to the film. Um, I grew up in Vermont, a couple miles away from the long trail. And, um, you know, born into a athletic family and cross-country skiing was sort of the focus of the household. And um, so I was ski racing from a super young age. And, you know, granted that, you know, given that we only have snow maybe three or four months a year, the rest of the year in training we ran. And, um, and so my roots in running started when I was a cross-country skier just as training for it. And... Um, and it, it just sort of progressed from there after, um, you know, I was focused on skiing through my early 20s. And then I went to graduate school in Philadelphia where a focus on skiing would have been a little silly. Um, and that's really where I switched from being a skier to being a distance runner. I was a cross-country skier um, as well, um, you know, on a cross-country ski team when I was in, in high school. And we always used to joke with the... Um, the distance running team that, you know, during our preseason, we actually ran greater distances than they did. <laughs> <laughs> and we always did, but we did it a lot more slowly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, you've seen cross country runners run. It's it's not pretty to somebody with a running background. You know, we just have this funny stride and right. whatever. But it happens to work really well for long distances. Yeah. Not so well for short distances. Right. <laughs> so um, I, I kind of want to get at you know what it is that you enjoy uh, most about about distance running. Um, I, I, what is it that that sort of drives this i mean it 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 feels like this is a passion for you is that accurate yes it absolutely is and you know and the drives are so multifactorial i mean um i i love being in the woods i mean that's that's probably huge to everything i i do in that um you know even even starting with cross-country skiing, you're in the woods. And um, and when I was a kid growing up in a small town in Vermont, what you did every – I mean, what, we have three television channels that were boring. So what does a kid do? Like go outside and play and build tree forts and walk around in the woods. And, um, you know, so that's a big part of it. It's a, Like I feel that – Running is just like hiking. I just do it at a bit of a faster pace, and I get a little bit more mileage done. Um, so that's that's super important to me. And then um, I also just for my mental health, um, aerobic exercise is one of the things that that keeps me healthy. I unfortunately, you know, have a lifelong. Um, major depressive disorder. But if I run, um, I can stay on minimal medication and, uh, function really, really well. So, um, you know, so the combination of being passionate about being outdoors in the woods and, um, and really needing running for my health, um, you know, makes this a centerpiece of my life. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I love that you sort of touch on both physical and mental health issues associated with, with running, but also being outside and spending time in the woods. As we progress through this conversation, you know, I'm going to sort of try, try to be like drawing connections between, you know, the experience that I had on, on the long trail, um, which is very different and a whole lot more leisurely than the experience that you had on the <laughs> long trail, um, you know, for, for myself and for my mom, when we did our, our long trail hike, we undertook it very much to overcome uh, this extreme grief and this, this tragedy in our family. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely like, I mean, there's definitely similarities there. And I, I mean, I think this is, uh, I mean, well, you know, the film wild sort of popularized this idea or at least put it in the general consciousness of this concept of like long distance hiking or doing like an extreme form of like physical activity as a way to overcome grief. So I, I and, and actually the science is, um, is supporting that, um, which is really cool. Um, um, I, I speak at mental health, um, conferences or, 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 or medical conferences, uh, sometimes, um, about, um, specifically depression and, and exercise, but we have the science behind us showing that aerobic exercise, um, elevates mood and, um, decreases, um, symptoms of certain mental illness and that kind of thing. Um, so to overcome a horrible tragedy, um, aerobic, so, you know, doing something aerobic and, um, is certainly going to help. And then doing something that's really, really epic, um, like hiking the long trail. Um, it just, we don't have science on that yet, but, but I think there will be, and I think that it will show this is a fantastic way, um, to heal and to overcome, you know, tragedies that, that humans suffer. 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I think there's something really uh, just inherently satisfying about proving to yourself that you can cover great distances on foot, you know, totally by yourself without any sort of help from any, I mean, anything, any outside device, anything outside of yourself, you know. Yeah, um, and particularly I, I, in a time when we don't just sort of depend on our humanity. I mean, we and and what we can do just on our own. I mean, our whole days are filled with internet and Skype calls and, and, um, driving cars and all of this stuff, doing something that is so basically human, like walking or running for a very long distance. Um, I think we've lost touch with that. It's it's a, it's a nice sort of reminder that, you know, you have this, um, this, this ability to, to be self-sufficient in a, in a certain way, you know, um, it gives you a sense of independence. I, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's sort of, almost a little bit of freedom um, that we, we can experience in our everyday life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our limit, the limitations when you're out on the long trail aren't, um, well, I have to drive 30 miles an hour because there's a cop sitting there. It, the limitations are completely based on your body. Like, you know, I can't get 100, you know, I, I want to get to this shelter by tonight, but my body just can't do it. So I have the freedom to fail to get to that structure or to that shelter just on my own um, or, or to get there. And, um, you know, there, there's nobody else when you're doing a um, an adventure like that. Um, you're not going to have an equipment failure or a. Uh, um, or being called to work or something like that get in your way. It all really comes down to you and how well you govern your body. And um, and, and it's just a, f- a more free feeling than I get um, just in my everyday life. Uh, you mentioned that you grew up in Vermont. Um, so, I mean, you were probably aware of the existence of the Long Trail and maybe even spent quite a bit of time on it growing up. Uh, but I, I'm wondering where the idea to, um, for this trip in particular and this attempt to um, to break the record um, on a long trail run came from. Well, um, it actually came from back in Vermont during my ski days. Um, a rumor went around, and I've never been able to confirm it, um, that the men's U.S. ski team, cross-country ski team at that point, had set some new record for running the long trail. Um and, you know, I don't know if that really happened or not or if that was complete rumor. Um, but um, I was maybe 12 or 13 when I heard that. And at that point, I mean, as far back as then, I was like, wow, I want to break the record on the long trail. <laughs> and um, and then I think um, that that idea just kind of was out of my life for a long time. And then I became a runner instead of a skier. I I switched athletic careers and, um, and, you know, I was running at the time for the North face and they, uh, that company encourages its athletes to do, um, sort of, um, you know, do things that haven't necessarily been done before or do things in a way that nobody's done them before, um, or at a speed that no one's done them before. (laughs) And, uh, and so it sort of came out of, um, you know, an expedition proposal that I, that I wrote saying, Hey, you know, this is what I want to go do. And, um, and it was nice to have, 
you know, that, that dream that was decades old sort of come back to reality, um, you know, in, in, in a, in a meeting when we were discussing potential, um, really cool running projects. Very cool to hear that this was a lifelong goal and it's so cool to be able to come back to that, um, so many years later and, and be able to, you know, fulfill that childhood dream. It's very neat. I mean, really three decades. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. Um, you know, I, I certainly, I would never have thought back then or even in my 20s or 30s that, oh, well, in my 40s, I'm going to go do this thing and, you know, set a record on a long trail. Um, so that was, that was really cool. So what, what was the, the existing record at that time that, that you were hoping to beat? Uh, well, the women's record was, the, the women's record, there was only um, a self-supported one, um, whereas I had, you know, huge advantage because I had... Um, people supporting me. So, um, so we really needed to set a women's, uh, fastest known time, but, uh, the men's record, uh, was, and still is, uh, four days and 12 hours and 38 minutes or something like that. Yeah. Which is just amazing for me to hear as, you know, someone who's, who's walked that whole trail. I think, I mean, it took me about a month, so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, obviously, it's a different kind of mindset, but it's still, I mean, it's it's just an unbelievable physical and mental feat um, to be able to to hike a trail like that and and that kind of distance. Um, So I'm curious to to hear about, like, the planning and logistics that that go into um, organizing a trip like this. Um, I mean, where where did you start? I mean, you, you were just talking about sort of the, you know, uh, submitting this proposal and talking to some of the folks, um, um, at the North Face, which I, I, I assume was your, you know, uh, your sponsor at the time. Um, I mean, what was that first step after deciding like, yes, this is something that, that, that I definitely want to do? Um, well, first step, um, in, you know, as far as just getting, um, getting ready to do, um, to do the expedition, um, was I called a, couple of my friends who've done multi-day things. Um, I have a friend, Jen Sager, who is from Canada and she's been a, an adventure racer for a long time. So, you know, she would do races that would be, you know, four or five or six days long. Um, so I talked to her about sleep deprivation and that kind of thing. And, and I talked to, uh, Carl Meltzer, who's done a lot of, um, he's a teammate of mine now with Hoka. Um, and he's, um, just a fantastic lifelong ultra runner as well. Um, one of the few people who's been in the sport at a top level longer than I have. And, um, he had, uh, done a couple attempts on the Appalachian trail and he's, he ran across the country following the pony express route. So he's done all these things. So, um, really my first step was, um, was to really talk to Carl and Jen, um, about their experiences. Um, so I'd have some sort of idea about what I was getting into. Gotcha. And I mean, I imagine that you had some level of familiarity with the trail, having, you know, grown up in Vermont and spent time on it before. Um, Absolutely. And I knew sort of central Vermont, south central Vermont, because that's where I'm from. And um, and I knew the southern part uh, because having gone to um, gone to undergrad at Williams College, um, you know, went to school in the town where the trail ends on the south end. Hmm. so, so I, had, I definitely had a good familiarity with that part and everybody who grows up in Vermont hikes Mount Mansfield and 
well, some people drive up it, but, um, <laughs> you know, gets on top of that mountain and, um, you know, and camel's humps, another popular one, but everything North of there, I had no familiarity with at all. And which is difficult because as you know, that's the part where route finding is a little bit more difficult. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the part of the trail that's much more wild and rugged and technical. So at, at what point were you approached about the idea of making a documentary about this trip? That actually happened in an airport <laughs> um, right after um, I had, I, I had um, discussed the proposal um, with my teammates and sponsor. Um, I was coming home from our athlete summit where we discussed such things. Um, and um, a flight of mine had gotten canceled. So I got put on a different plane and that happened to be, um, with one of the, uh, graduates of the MSU, um, docu- you know, documentary graduate school program. Um, and Rick told me, you know, he's like, I've always wanted to, um, to do a, a film about ultra marathon. And, and I said, well, that's kind of funny because I just pitched this proposal and I, and I think I'm going to get the, get the funds to do it. And, um, and that's where it started. And, um, and Rick Smith is a, he's a runner himself, works for Grizzly Creek films. And, um, and then he ended up having to do, um, other projects, um, at that time. So he handed it off to the eventual producer, Jamie Jacobson, who's a classmate of his. And, um, and it just sort of, it just sort of went from there. And the film I'll just mention real, real, um, briefly is, is called Finding Traction. Um, it's an hour long documentary and it's a fascinating insight into what it takes to accomplish a feat like this. Um, definitely worth checking out. So how, how much how much time did this take, you know, from the point when you, you pitched this proposal and then got, um, you know, approval, got the funding to, to move forward with this, you know, how, how much, uh, how, how long was it before you were on the trail, you know, starting, starting Let's, it, You know, it was uh, two and a half years because um, I <clears throat> pitched the proposal at, at least that at the athlete summit, um, in the fall. And then, but, um, but that was just like the initial soft pitch. And then the, the like final proposals are due, you know, like nine months later. Um, and then we got approval and, um, f- to run it in 2011 and hurricane Irene came in like, six days before, um, or maybe, maybe 10 days before, um, our proposed start date and just destroyed large parts, large parts of all of Vermont, but, um, of the trail and, and, you know, roads and, and the destruction was just unbelievable. Um, and, um, the Vermont government actually shut down the forest. Like it was actually illegal to be in the forest, um, at that time when they were recovering from Irene. So that put us off a whole nother year. Um, and so it was, it was a really a quite a long process. And then the, getting the film, uh, funded at least enough to finish, um, you know, took another year and a half. Um, so, you know, it was like the whole process was, was about five years. When you did reach that point, you know, when you're finally starting this run of the long trail and this this attempt to break the record, you started up north, right? You started at the yep. Canadian border. 
Yep. So uh, you were basically starting, you know, in this this most difficult, uh, you know, sort of technically challenging section of the trail, which you also mentioned, you know, a few minutes ago was the section that you were least familiar with. Um, so I, I guess I'm just wondering, you know, at the, at the at the outset, you know, I mean, um, h- how were you feeling? How were things going? And you know, were you surprised by the train, or was this you know something you expected because you um, you know had you know some familiarity with the long trail? Yeah, the terrain was actually exactly what I expected. Um, unfortunately, we did not pick a very good weather window. And, the, the, and, and you know about the trail when it's wet. Um, a friend of mine describes it as, it's as if somebody took a giant can of Pam cooking spray and sprays all the rocks and roots. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just what it is. And so um, most of the time I was running, the trails were very, very wet. Um, and, and so really slick in that, um, it, but I'm used to running in that kind of stuff, but I, I don't run like I did in my thirties. Um, I've, you know, I've had a pretty, uh, severe knee injury, um, two actually, um, not from running and, um, and, and I can't just scream down gnarly hills like I used to. Um, so that, with that got really, really frustrating. You know, I couldn't handle that the slippery rocks the way I, I could have, you know, five or 10 years earlier. Um, but, but it wasn't the, but the, the trail itself wasn't unexpected. Um, and neither were my physical limitations. I mean, I've, I've, um, I was initially injured in 07. I mean, I've had to run with this injury for a long time. So, um, so, so I guess that wasn't really a shock, but it was a frustrating thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I think most people, and, and especially if they haven't yet, you know, seen this documentary about your long trail run, uh, finding traction, uh, you know, probably don't realize just how grueling of an undertaking something like this is. And not only are you running almost nonstop for, for uh, you know, five plus days, but you're doing it on extremely difficult uh, and steep terrain. Um, I mean, you're barely sleeping at all um, throughout that entire period. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess my question is, you know, like what, what, what drives you to challenge yourself, you know, both mentally and physically on this level, you know, like what, like in the moment, like while you're doing something like that, I mean, what is it that sort of drive, you know, drives you to keep going? Yeah. And I've kind of asked myself that question and I'm not really, you know, it, it, it's just sort of this innate part of my personality that, um, I've always been extremely competitive, um, particularly in physical realms, um, and, and I don't know necessarily where that came from, um, but I, I do know I, I started, um, you know, ski racing at about three years old when you would, you know, go across a field, and that's about all a three-year-old can do. Um, but so, so, so I don't sort of remember a time where I wasn't racing. Um, so I think that sort of competitive drive probably comes from from early early athleticism um, in individual sports. Um, and then as far as what drives me to keep going in at specific times, sometimes it can be different. I mean, there's, there's a scene in the movie where I'm just falling apart and, um, and it's nighttime and life is horrible. And, um, you know, every nerve, every fiber was just in pain. And, um, and all I wanted to do was just fall asleep on the trail. Just like, I just wanted to sleep for a little bit and, and keep going. But, we were right in those perfect hypothermia, um, conditions where it was on and off raining and, um, 
and, and it was cold, um, you know, not super cold, but cold enough for, for, um, for hypothermia to set in. And, and I was at that point with my best friend who is also my backcountry ski partner and, um, you know, backcountry skiing in the, uh, on the West coast, we have very unstable snow here. And so you, your lives, you're really depending on each other, um, for safety in, in a very real sense, your lives are in each other's hands. And, um, and really at that point, my life didn't, didn't mean anything to me in that state that I was in. Um, but there was no way I was going to leave. I was going to put Jenny at risk. Um, so like, I still had enough of my own humanity left to be like, yeah, well, I'll keep going because otherwise she's going to freeze and get hypothermia and then that's going to be horrid. So, um, so that was more, you know, you know, in, in that point I had to look for, look not into myself, but, uh, I had to look out, um, to find, to find the motivation to keep going. Yeah, that's that's a really fascinating little anecdote, and I mean, it's interesting both because I mean, it, it highlights the fact that I mean, it's not just the crew looking out for you. I mean, it's also you looking out for the crew. It's reciprocal, right? I mean, it is. You're out there on the trail with them. I mean, they're they're actually running the trail with you. I mean, not continuously like you were, um, but uh, I mean that that's a that's a really important uh, a piece to this that that I think folks might not realize. And the other really fascinating piece to to that um anecdote is the fact that i mean there are times where i mean if you were to to stop running you know and like you said just go to sleep right there on the trail i mean you could die of hypothermia you know that could kill you like not continuing could you could die right and at that point you don't really care i mean that's the messed up thing you know and it's not like a mental illness or suicidal kind of thing it's it's just a well, I'm probably a little bit hypothermic anyway, and I'm at least very, you know, very messed up in my electrolytes and all of that. And um, hypothermia is such a killer because it it lulls you into feeling like things are okay. And it's kind of like being drunk, you know, you're kind of like, well, I could just sleep here. And like, you don't register that sleeping here means death um, when you're in a hypothermia situation. And, you know, of course it wouldn't have there because Jenny could have gotten help, but, um, but that, that just doesn't, when you're in that state where, um, you're just not thinking clearly, you don't understand that, that you don't necessarily understand that death might be this permanent thing. I mean, you're just kind of like, well, I'll just, I'll just lie down and it's okay. Um, so definitely some, you know, lack of sleep and, and extreme fatigue from running hard and, you know, all the, the, your body's homeostasis being thrown out of whack. Um, that can lead to some really, um, scary thinking. I'm, I'm going to throw in a real quick, uh, spoiler, spoiler alert here. Um, you already kind of hinted at this Nikki, but, um, you know, for, for those listeners who, who do want to, you know, watch the documentary finding traction, um, you know, uh, and don't want the ending to be ruined. Um, you could pause this episode right now, pause the interview and, and go and go watch it. Um, <laughs> and then come back to this. Um, uh, it, it is, it is a really fantastic documentary and like all this stuff that you're talking about. I mean, it, it, it really sort of, I mean, it, it, it takes you there in the moment. Um, and, and you really feel like you're out there on the trail with you. It's, it's, um, very well done. Um, but, but Nikki, so you, you, you ended up not breaking the men's record for the long trail, which, um, which, which was, uh, your hope for the trip. 
Um, but you, you did, as you mentioned, break the woman's record um, by, by more than two full days. Um, I mean, uh, after going through this whole uh, experience, um, which is, you know, sort of filled with moments like the one that you just explained, um, uh, I, I mean, how, how did it feel to, um, to to reach the end, you know, to see like that, that gathering, like your support crew at the end of the trail and know that it was that was over? Yeah, that was that was interesting. And, you know, I've described it before as sort of a Forrest Gump moment. I mean, I I thought I would cross that line. I would get into Williamstown and be like, oh, the home of my alma mater. I mean, I absolutely loved my undergrad. And and I'd be like, you know, and I just think, wow, I've just, you know, I finished. This is fantastic. You know, I, I just thought it would be celebratory or something. And yet it's just a thought of, oh, I can stop running now. But then, of course, you can't because you have to get down pine cobble or, you know, hike out in some manner. So <laughs> that's a little bit um, disheartening, too. But but it really, it, it was underwhelming. Um, I mean, looking back on the whole trip was amazing. But the actual finish, there really, I didn't feel much at all. And and that is a is a funny thing to juxtapose to finishes of you know hundred mile races on the world stage where I've won, and the finish is just so welcome and so awesome because you still have I mean you've run a hundred miles, but you your brain's still working really well at that point, and um, and there are lots of people around and, and you know and it is a huge celebration uh, when you win a big hundred mile race. Um, and this wasn't like that. And even though I had a lot of crew there and a bunch of hikers who had, you know, you know how things, um, and you mentioned this in your film, um, how you, you kind of, um, how, how gossip sort of goes up and down the, the, the trail and you get to meet other trail, other people who are out on the trail and, and you sort of develop these little, um, connections with other hikers and runners and um, and so people knew I was going to be finishing. So there were about seven or eight people kind of hanging out there uh, for my finish. And and yet it's still I was just kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of done. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, looking back on this whole uh, this whole adventure that you undertook, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's many, many differences between something like this, you know, like a, a run of the long trail and, you know, something a lot more structured, like, you know, uh, a hundred mile race. But I mean, you know, sort of look, looking at both of those experiences overall, I mean, which is more appealing, I guess. <laughs> you know, honestly, at this point, um, you know, the long trail and yeah. I'd love to do the long trail again. If I can get sponsorship to do it again, I will. Um, because, well, for lots of reasons, um, one, I made a ton of mistakes because I had no idea what I was doing when I did it, uh, the first time. Um, but two is, I think, um, you explore, I, I think I was able to explore parts of myself on the long trail and over five days of being in the woods and, and, um, and, and running and hiking with my friends, um, and crew, there were things I could experience there that um, a depth of experience that no longer exists for me in hundred mile races. Um, and the first hundred I did after the long trail, I think it was Western States 100. It seemed so short to me and it seemed so <laughs> um, contrived almost. And not that it's not contrived to, you know, 
have all these people along the trail helping you and all that. I mean, basically we are out of original adventures, um, except maybe some deep sea diving or something. Um, so everything's a bit contrived, but, um, um, but hundred mile racing is just, I, I, I've done it so much that, you know, I know there's going to be aid stations every six miles or so. I know how I'm going to feel. Um, I mean, yeah, there are surprises. I mean, you know, maybe, um, you know, maybe I'm a little bit more dehydrated on one race or maybe I have stomach problems on another race or something like that. But, um, but the, the longer, the longer things go, the more things can go wrong, I guess. And so it gives a little bit more variability, um, to the experience. And, um, and, you know, when I first started racing hundreds, hundred miles was, was incredibly exciting and incredibly fulfilling. Um, and it still is, but I, I, I got a little bit more out of, you know, doing, a doing an epic adventure. You didn't, set out on on this trip on the long trail i mean just to break the record that wasn't your only goal um i I mean tell me a little bit about um like like the 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 outreach and education um component with kids that you tied into this uh adventure right well um you know because running has i i mean it's it's not a stretch to say it saved my life um i mean i i would not be able to to live as healthfully as I can, as I do, uh, with depression without running. I mean, it's, 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 it's my first medication of choice. And, um, and it's also, so, so it's, it's, it's made me healthy. Um, but it's also given me, um, some, you know, sort of, um, self-confidence and those sort of non-cognitive skills that you don't get in school, that have helped me to succeed in my professional life as a physical therapist and a speaker and a writer and, you know, all the things that I do, um, have been, um, you know, really helped a lot by running. So, um, so I wanted to, you know, I knew this would get some press and that, and and when you get that kind of press, you can, you can use that to do good if you want to. And, um, and so I paired it with a fundraising, uh, campaign for girls on the run Vermont and she can, which is a similar program, um, here in, in the town I was working in, um, in Livingston, Montana. And so I just, um, put a giving site up and had, you know, and asked people to give. And when we'd put out, um, you know, little, little, videos or updates on the blog about the run, you know, we'd also have links to where people could give money. Um, and you know, and so we raise money for, for those charities and it's been a fantastic, um, um, sort of symbiotic relationship in a way, um, ever since then. Um, I, I've gotten more involved with girls on the run and we finally have a girls on the run chapter in Bozeman and it's just a, a, a really good organization. Um, helping, um, girls from, you know, third to fifth and possibly eighth grade, um, learn life skills through running. And, um, and I just, I really like that model of learning. And I, and I do think that combining athletics and, uh, cognitive learning, um, can be, um, extremely effective and, um, and, and, um, and the other part is that running is, 
inherently narcissistic. And, um, you know, to sort of counterbalance that a little bit, I I think it's important for me as a runner to do some community good uh, with it, because I, I spend so much time, you know, out training and, and, you know, being super careful about what I eat and, you know, all of those things that I spend so much time on myself, um, you know, I wouldn't feel very, I wouldn't feel as good about it if I weren't um, translating that into helping other people get the same benefits from, from the sport I do. I mean, all this stuff that you've learned, it's natural to want to share that with, with other people, right? It really is. I mean, the, you know, and I, and I think, you know, you, you made a film about the, um, you know, the long trail and it is that, you know, you found something that could help you and your mom heal, um, from the death of your father. And, um, and, you know, you found healing on that trail and, um, and you do want to share that. And, um, you know, and, and somebody can see your film and be like, Oh, wow. You know, I, I can overcome whatever tragedy, um, they have. And, and in my, um, case, you know, uh, people can find, find health and, and reason to live in, in sport. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think when anybody finds anything that, that is super meaningful in his or her life, um, that person wants to share it. You mentioned that, you know, you do have this interest in, in, in possibly, you know, doing another, uh, long trail run. I guess I'm just wondering, you know, what your plans are for the future. I mean, do you have other runs of like long distance trails, planned nothing planned right now you know a lot of it is you know i mean um cost and time away from uh my real job um are 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 definitely limiting factors and if i'm really honest about it i'm um you know i'll be 45 next year um not you know um i as far as um you know my ability to to set records i've got to do stuff um sooner than later um so, yeah, I do want to go after these these records while I still can. Um, uh, but I don't the, the planning is so, so arduous and, um, and and I'm asking so much of my friends when when they're, um, you know, helping me with these projects um, that, you know, it, it, it's a di- they're, they're, these are really difficult things to do. Um, but, but so I don't have anything um set in stone yet, but I do really want to, um, get back to, you know, get back, you know, do, do more of those things. And beyond my competitive times, um, I'll be doing, um, on a smaller scale, similar, similar adventures on my own. Yeah. That's, that was going to be my next question for you is, you know, do you, do you have any plans to just maybe take a nice leisurely hike on a long distance, uh, backpacking trail, <laughs> you know, absolutely. And, you know, this is, it, it's something that, um, we as runners do a lot. Um, we, we travel more and more internationally for these races. And, um, as the sport becomes more popular, there's a bit more money in it, which causes some really good things and some really bad things. But the good thing is, um, we're funded to travel, um, to races in faraway places. And, um, and often if I'm going to a 50 or a hundred mile race, um, a bunch of us will stay on afterwards for a couple of days. Um, and we will do leisurely hikes and, and largely that's a factor of the fact that that's all we can do at that point. Um, <laughs> cause you're not feeling perfectly chipper after you race hundred miles. Um, but, um, but we're most of us, and maybe all of us who are in the sport of ultra marathon trail, ultra marathon, 
we're out there because at heart we love to run and we love to run in the woods. And, you know, so I don't want to go to Chamonix and race the Ultra Trail du Mont Blanc and not check out the other trails in the area. Um, so, you know, why do I want to fly all the way over there just to race and be done? Um, so, you know, we do tend to kind of get together after these races and, and hike in these, in these stunning areas. Awesome. Well, um, this, this has been a fantastic, uh, really interesting conversation. I mean, this is the first, uh, you know, like professional athlete interview we've had on the podcast here. <laughs> um, at, you know, I love getting different perspectives. Um, and it, it's always neat to see, you know, where these similarities are between, you know, different pursuits. All the interviews we do are sort of connected to, you know, the, the natural world um, and, and the environment in some way. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's just neat for me to see, you know, what a wide diversity of disciplines, you know, take people to that place and to this place where they have this, this really deep appreciation for the natural world. Um, and you've clearly gotten there um, in, in your pursuit and your, um, you know, long distance running and ultra marathon um, stuff. And it's, yeah, it's very neat to see that perspective. So yeah, thanks a lot for, for coming yeah, on the show and sharing. Thank you us. so much. Yes. It's been a, it's been really fun uh, chatting with you um, and good luck with your podcast in the future. All right. That was our interview with distance runner, Nikki Kimball. I really love expanding the scope of topics that we discuss here on the show, and it was really wonderful to hear the perspective of a professional athlete here. A few weeks ago, in episode 47 of the show, my mom and I discussed how spending time on the long trail allowed us to overcome extreme grief, and Nikki takes this idea to a new level by explaining how she treats her depression with running and spending time in the outdoors. When we talk about the benefits that the long trail and other long-distance hiking trails provide, it's really important to think about both the environmental benefits, uh, but also the human benefits. By preserving this trail corridor all the way through the state of Vermont, the Green Mountain Club, which is the nonprofit that uh, manages and maintains the trail, is, is providing a way for people to commune with the natural world on a very deep level. And these experiences that people have have very real benefits to the mental and physical health of their participants. So stay tuned for next week's episode of the podcast. We'll be exploring some of the history behind the long trail. Um, and we'll actually be talking with the granddaughter of the very first woman to hike the long trail end to end. This episode was produced by myself, your host, Matt Podolsky. Our theme music is by The Humidors. The Humidors.